just to be able to imagine a trick and make it happen. Welcome to the Finger Space Podcast, a weekly show where we will dive deep into the history, stories, and controversies surrounding the fingerboarding community. Welcome to the Finger Space Podcast. I'm your host, Nostalgia FB, and we're excited to be chatting with Chandler of Skate Hand. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button on your streaming platform of choice. This show is sponsored by Finger Space Co., which provides fingerboarding gear for writers of all skill levels and budgets. Chandler, thank you for coming on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well and very excited to be on the show. And we are very excited to have you, my friend. Man, I am i don't know if you've listened to some of our episodes in the past, but usually we ask people how and why did they get into fingerboarding? But <laughs> what I want to ask you is how did you hear about and get into handboarding? Were you a fingerboarder before or skater? How, how did that come about? Yeah, so I've been skateboarding for about 11 years now. And that's been my first passion, aside from having a dollar store fingerboard that I had no idea how to use as a kid. And then as I grew up, I had fingerboards always around me, but can't do any tricks. But found out about handboarding through Sam Tabor. He's a YouTuber. He rides for Revive Skateboards. And he made some videos about Tech Deck handboards. And you had to buy them on eBay because they weren't around anywhere else. And got to where I was like, okay, I have to have to do it and have to buy one, have to see for myself. I tried making my own first and it did not go well, but... Yeah, end up buying one and haven't looked back since. It's been it's been so much fun. <laughs> Wonderful. Man, let me ask you, what was that process of trying to make a, a handboard like? So I made a video on it. Aside from Instagram and TikTok, I did YouTube for nine years just for fun, never as a career. And I made a video called How to Make a Handboard. It did decently well, but it really is not a great representation of how a handboard is actually made nowadays, the ones that are high quality. I took an actual skateboard and cut it to the size of roughly a handboard, took some wood to make as the trucks, used pencils as the axles, and then just blank skate bearings as the wheels. And I was able to kick flip it and tray flip it, do some tricks, but it was held with some very poorly put on wood glue. So it fell apart within a week. So that's when I made the purchase of a Tech Tech handboard on eBay. Man, and I bet, well, first of all, kudos to you for that, that ingenuity. I would have never thought to do it that way. But what were your thoughts when you got that Tech Deck handboard, when you finally got it? Yeah, so I had never seen one in person. I'd only seen people on YouTube use them, and it looked like they were doing flip tricks so easily. I had no idea how they were doing it, or I'd only had fingerboarding to compare it to. And as far as fingerboarding goes, I can do a kickflip and like a nollie flip and a tray flip and that's it. And like anything heel flip is just like impossible for me. So getting the used Tech Deck for like 70 bucks off eBay, Tech Deck handboard, first thing, man, it was, again, there's a, a video of me doing my first tricks on YouTube, just realizing how easy it is to use. In my opinion, handboarding is the easiest form of skateboarding that there is. All the flip tricks, after a little bit of practice, you'll have them down. And you can just start throwing them into grinds and slides. And man, it's so much fun. <laughs> wow. So you feel that's even easier than fingerboarding? Oh, 100%. So much. Like I, okay. I've done videos with other people um, that have never touched them and taught them how to do a trick for the first time. And yeah, tray flips, pressure flips, kick flips, you can do in your first session. And yeah, have it, have it to where you have a decent amount of consistency. Fingerboarding, I've yet to have anyone teach me how to do anything remotely cool <laughs> on a fingerboard. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to try this handboarding out. Yeah, <laughs> oh, for sure. So you're on YouTube, you find these tech deck handboards. Mm -hmm. Like, did you know about the fingerboarding scene beforehand? Or how long was it until you found this fingerboarding scene and then the handboarding scene that's attached to it? 
I'd always seen some clips of fingerboarding stuff and a lot of my exposure to almost everything is YouTube. And so it was my favorite skateboard YouTubers were doing videos on fingerboarding or videos on handboarding. And Instagram is kind of from what I found where everyone kind of likes to hang out and it's a quick way to post your quick clips because you're never doing much over 60 seconds. It's just friends of friends. What really got me into it was uh, when I got put on the Redemption Handboards team, just following all the other guys that are handboarders there. And they have one fingerboarder on their team, Fishy Fingers, Alex Kirshner, and just talking with him saying, hey, who should I be following fingerboard wise? And who's like, who is your favorite people? And so he's been doing it for probably 15 plus years, I think. And so he had a lot of great recommendations of people he liked to watch. And yeah, just being able to see like what people could actually do with a fingerboard is insane and how they can film themselves while they're doing it is mind-boggling to me <laughs> yeah yeah it's a little bit of practice but once you get it it's not that bad <laughs> so congratulations on the sponsorship with with redemption yeah what was that like i mean redemption great company i mean they make great boards great wheels a lot of good products and they're one of the most popular or biggest current handboard makers what was that like yeah so after i made a few videos of handboarding a company at the the time called Hangnail Handboards reached out to me and said, Hey, we love your content. We would love to send you some handboards and see what you could do with an actual handboard. That's not a 10 plus year old tech deck or one that you make from an old skateboard. And so I partnered with them first and they sent me a few boards, a few to give away and a few to try myself. And so they make a $20 handboard, uh, all plastic. And it's a great beginner board to learn if it's something you're really interested in doing. They've got some amazing riders on their team, all guys that are just amazing. So I got to test that out. I got in touch with one of the Redemption guys, just following him, Alex Orozco. And Dextra is his handboard name on Instagram. And he told me, hey, dude, just just try Redemption one time and you'll never go back to anything else. I, I promise. And so he believed in me so much that he sent me his old deck to use with some old trucks that I had and just tried out. So I got that and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is it's a wood deck. It feels like an actual skateboard just shrunk down. Yeah, there was no going back. Exactly how he said having actual pop and having the concave that matches an actual skateboard is nuts. And so I was in the process of ordering trucks and wheels and bearings and everything from Redemption. And I've been posting a lot of clips. And Jordan, the owner of Redemption, reached out to me and said, hey, we love your stuff. Um, I'd love to put you like on the flow team to where we're giving you some product every once in a while, not as often as our full sponsored people. You wouldn't have any pro models or anything, um, but just have you affiliated with us. And I said, oh, absolutely. And yeah, that was a fun, fun process of being able to do that. And I think what helps me a lot is having multiple platforms that I'm posting my content and hopefully having some people ask Redemption to get boards saying that I sent them to where maybe about a year later or six months later, he said, hey, we'd like to invite you to the pro team to be fully sponsored and we'll get you a few graphics. And so that was super fun to see my name on a, even if it's not actual full skateboard, I'll never be sponsored for skateboarding um, in a monetary way. But yeah, to have a graphic on a handboard is super sick and probably my proudest achievement as far as handboarding goes. That's awesome. And again, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. How long was it from your, your, your initially getting that in your words, that 10 plus hero tactic handboard to that point to where you got your sponsorship with redemption? When I started to now has been about four years. And like I said, I think handboarding is the easiest form of skateboarding that there is so you can pick it up pretty quick and it's just a matter of how much time you can put into practicing um, how much clips you're posting of yourself and and having a small established youtube channel helped for sure so i was able to probably 
two or three months after I got my first tech deck board, uh, Hangnail reached out to me. And maybe a month after that, Redemption reached out to me for the flow team. And then probably six months after that was turning pro. So it's a decently quick process. But yeah, I've been super blessed for sure. I was, I was going to say, it sounds like a quicker progression than most. I mean, if skating or fingerboarding, but I believe it's it's well-deserved for you. <laughs> well, thank you. And I think that handboarding isn't as established as fingerboarding. No. So I think, honestly, there's less there's less people to get sponsored at that point, at least. <laughs> so Supply and demand. <laughs> it was a little bit easier. People like you are in high demand. Exactly. Now, that's a good segue into <laughs> another thing that I wanted to cover. Is there a sub-community of handboarders in the fingerboarding or skate scene? Because as a fingerboarder, mm -hmm. you know, scrolling through Instagram, it's majority fingerboarding, but every once in a while we'll see somebody handboarding but is there a set community like there is with fingerboarding oh 100 percent, yeah and i think redemption is a big part of that growing that community it was it's the first handboard company to make handboards outside of tech deck when tech deck made them a decade ago or 15 years ago a lot of the writers for redemption used them at that time and were buying used tech decks off ebay and spending the same amount of money on a plastic deck that they would on a wood deck with metal trucks and urethane wheels and actual bearings that Jordan at Redemption is making. And so all of them flocked to Redemption to get their fix on actual handboards that would last longer than six months. And so from that, the two other main companies have been Hangnail Handboards, which is now Handskate, and Genesis Handboards, which are both amazing companies and run by awesome people. So there are a few little feuds of, oh, you're this company, this is this, this is what this person said. But for the most part, we're all, we're all pretty close knit. And we've done little events. We tried to do Go Handboarding Day and where me and a few other people gave out prizes to people for posting handboard clips or giving them used completes. We've done contests for obstacles that myself or others have made out of wood or metal. Yeah, it's been really fun. I think Instagram is definitely where it's at. There's some now getting on TikTok, but yeah, it's been awesome to find. It's a lot smaller than the Thingboard community, that's for sure, but it's definitely there. That's awesome. And that's great to hear, man. So obstacles, like you just mentioned, is another thing that I wanted to cover. You know, I sit here looking to my left at my obstacle tub and I'm like, that's a lot of stuff and it takes up so much room. Why do I need that much stuff? But then when I look at handboarding clips and the sizes of these boxes or kickers or launch pads and rails that you guys use, how much room or how much space do you have for, for that type of gear? Because it's definitely, I mean, if you really wanted to, you can use an actual skateboard on some of this stuff. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, there's some massive obstacles for sure. And I'm sure as the, as the hobby grows, it's only going to get bigger from there. When I got into it the first year I was handboarding, I was living in an apartment. And so a lot of it was like, I'm setting up my table and I'm going to do tricks down onto the flat part of my chair. And that was it. Or using the back of my chair as a rail, just using whatever I could find. And then I moved into my own house and I have a little workshop. I built some tables that are the perfect height for handboarding. And that was not an accident. I have a little bit of background in woodworking. And so I've been, been making obstacles for about as long as I've been handboarding and selling them. Um, yeah, they're pretty massive. It's pretty easy, as same as fingerboarding, to find a ledge. You can use a few books stacked up. You just have to use a few more for handboarding. But for like quarter pipes, it's got to be a full legit thing. And the obstacles kind of have to be heavy because you kind of use a lot of force using both hands to push a handboard around. Jordan at Redemption, if you ever look on his Instagram, it's probably way back in his feed. But he has a mega mini ramp that's probably six feet long and about two feet tall. It's a massive mini ramp. I'd love to skate one day. 
their handboard one day. But yeah, it's nuts for sure. Yes, that's that's what I imagine, especially like you mentioned the heft. I see with the handboarding, a lot of people make their own obstacles because I guess it just wouldn't be very feasible to produce them and sell wooden obstacles and have them ship and all that because of the logistics and the cost. Right. And I think I could be wrong, but I think I'm the only person that makes and sells handboard obstacles at this point. So a little bit of self-promotion. Chandler Makes is my website and I make and sell handboard and fingerboard obstacles. The fingerboard obstacles are a lot more simple than what you'll find anywhere else. But the handboarding ones, I think I'm the only one that sells them. And so what I have to do for a lot of it is disassemble everything. And so if you order a quarter pipe from me, you're going to get two sheets of MDF of the size of the handboards. You're going to get whatever six pieces of two by two, whatever nine inches long, and then a little piece of metal. And then you have your hardboard for your top sheets. And so you kind of have to assemble yourself, which I personally love assembling things. Legos like are awesome and go to Ikea. It's like adult Legos. But yeah, you can't just ship something full sized. It would be so expensive. Okay, that's very, very smart. I didn't even think about that. There's another local company out here that that we had on the podcast recently, a 3D printing company. And what they do when they have bigger obstacles is they print the pieces to fit together, kind of like you just described, and they ship it out flat. So I guess that's kind of similar to what you do, but in a much bigger version. (laughs) That's awesome. Man. So here's something I'm curious about. When I go out and I go to a restaurant or to the mall or anywhere, I always bring my fingerboard with me and fingerboard around because you can do that just about anywhere. Yeah. Do you ever take your handboard out with you (laughs) and go out and handboard places? I think it's more nerdy than fingerboarding. And you definitely get a lot more stares if you do. I'm in the same camp as you for the most part. I'm carrying around a fingerboard, even if I'm just able to 50-50 stuff or do a trade flip from a gap to whatever. I love doing that. That's super fun. Handboarding, I usually bring it with me if I'm intentionally going to handboard somewhere. So I recently just filmed a video. It is now, yeah, and it might not be out for a while. And we have a DIY skate park here in Kansas City, and it's just got a lot of really cool obstacles. Some use like manhole covers to make little quarter pipe and little sections or steps for like a quarter. And yeah, just putting a GoPro on my head and handboarding around. Yeah, it's definitely you get some weird stares for sure. But man, it's so much fun. Man, I bet and I can imagine. But you know what? As long as you're having fun, it doesn't matter. For sure. Now, fingerboard, you handboard, you skateboard. What is it about handboarding that really does it for you? I know you said it was a little bit easier and, and all that. But what is it about that sub category of this skate culture that really grabs your attention so before i guess another thing i do love is any form of skateboarding and video games just to be able to imagine a trick and make it happen in any way in any form is so gratifying and i even use it for me mentally as practice as skateboarding i'm not great skateboarding but to see my figure on a video game do a tail slide 270 shove out and see how his shoulders move how his feet move uh, which way he's leaning that kind of thing it's all visually helpful to me and so handboarding for me is the easiest one to replicate what i want to do on a skateboard fingerboarding it's like my hand moves I don't know, not fast enough or too slow or too fast. I don't, I don't understand it at all. <laughs> like to flip and then land into something is just crazy to me. But handboarding, doing like a tray flip nose blunt and then nollie big heel out, like just feels so natural. And having an actual session that I'm sure you as a fingerboarder feel when you fingerboard, you're able to just kind of do what you want to do and actually cruise around your little park and enjoy yourself. That's what I'm able to do on a handboard. And as I'm getting older, skateboarding, my body's like, okay, you're too old for this. You're going to hurt yourself. And I mentally like freak out. Handboarding, you just do it over and over and have no issues. And 
man, that's it's addicting. That sounds very similar to the reason why a lot of us fingerboard and the fact that it's addicting. Has handboarding changed your perspective on the skate culture? I know you've been you said that you've been skating for eleven years and it's longer than you've been handboarding. So has it changed the way you look at anything? Yeah. So growing up, I was homeschooled. I was out in the country. So my first two years of skateboarding, I skated on a 20 foot by 40 foot slab of concrete because I was out in the country. It was all just gravel roads. There were skate parks around, but I had no internet. So I had no idea where they were and had no connection with other people that much. So my first skateboarding was just like, what could I think I could do when I'm going into town and watching YouTube videos of Killian Martin do crazy stuff? How can I do that? And Growing into, okay, now I'm going to college, I've got my own car, I'm driving to skate parks five times a week, and I'm seeing how they skate, and I'm trying to replicate that myself. Yeah, definitely just as a constant learning of what makes sense, what doesn't make sense. And then getting into handboarding, realizing, like for me, one of the biggest things was crooked grinds. On a skateboard, I would always lean too far, to where I would just fall over the ledge, or my board would just flip over, and I would always mess them up. On a handboard, I was able to just do them over and over and over and realize it's a diagonal push into the thing. Your, your whole body's pushing into it, or for a handboarding, you both your hands are pushing into it, and then you push a little bit and pull back to get out of it to pop out. Translating that to skateboarding was when it clicked for me. And there's been a few other tricks, especially flip tricks that have like nolly flips, where to push on the nose, because physics is physics on a skateboard or on a handboard or on a fingerboard. It's just how it's applied is a little bit different. So figuring out where to put my front foot with how I put my front hand and how to lean back as far as how I'm putting pressure on my front hand, pushing to my back hand. Yeah, it's still not a great skateboarder, but it's definitely clicked and made a lot more tricks better. That's wonderful that you can take this repetitive motion and apply it on these three different things. That's a, it seems like a really good learning process. For sure. Now, yeah. usually we ask people on the show what is their favorite piece of fingerboarding gear and why but i want to ask you what is your favorite piece of handboarding gear and why hmm. by gear do you mean like obstacle or anything involved in the hobby itself a board a set of wheels mm. a sticker even <laughs> or an obstacle yeah okay man I'm super stoked on my pro model. I bought one, even though I'm sponsored, I bought one just to have it and not skate it, to have it sitting up on my desk. That's been super awesome to see. Yeah, my name on there and then have, there's an artwork of my dog, just super rad. That's probably my favorite thing, if it has to be anything. Obstacle, man, I love a good low ledge. Like, takes very little effort to get on, really long. That's how I skate on everything, ledge, or fingerboard, handboard, skateboard. I love just long ledges of getting into a trick, either holding it forever or trying to do something else into it or out of it or in the middle of it. Yeah, ledges and my pro model handboard for sure. Awesome, awesome. Now, before I ask you the last question, why don't you go ahead and take this moment to plug anything and everything that you want to get out there. <laughs> sure. So if you guys don't remember, my name is Chandler Myrand. On YouTube, I'm known as Skater Chan. On Instagram, I'm that as well as Skater Hand. And then on TikTok, I'm known as Handboarding. I got lucky. There weren't many handboarders on TikTok when I got on. So I snagged that name. <laughs> um, if you want any sort of obstacles. You took the whole lot. Exactly right. Which I'm definitely not the best on there, but I'm there. <laughs> If you want any obstacles for handboarding or fingerboarding, if you want something custom, I'm more than happy to work with you. Check out ChandlerMakes.com or contact me, any of the places I've mentioned already before, and I'm down to build you an obstacle and make it look cool. Awesome, man. Now, because I don't want to keep you much longer, because I know your time is very important, but for the last question I want to ask you, 
for anybody listening to this that wants to get into handboarding and wants to be like you, what would you tell them? What's the one piece of advice that you would let them know? Well, I don't know if you want to be like me, but if you want to get into handboarding, man, I really think hand skate has it figured out to be a really low entry. It's 20 bucks for a handboard that'll last you a while to get your feet wet. There's not many people that you can just, like with fingerboarding or skateboarding, you can kind of ask, hey, can I borrow yours for a second and see what it's like? There's not that many handboarders out there, so it's not as easy to go just borrow someone's setup because they're probably not around. Getting one deck and just trying it out, spending an afternoon with it, man, it's so much fun, especially if you are a skateboarder or fingerboarder. Being able to reimagine your tricks with both hands and have that amount of control, it's addicting. I, I Once I started, I haven't stopped. It's been something I do, if not every day, every week. Yeah, it's just just so much fun. That's awesome, Chandler. So you guys all heard it here. Chandler, I want to thank you very, very much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure and an honor. It's been really awesome talking to you. Definitely, yeah. Thanks for having me on. And I've listened to a few other episodes and you guys do a great podcast. You guys are really good. Yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. We appreciate that very much. Now, Chandler, until the next one, stay safe and keep handboarding, my friend. Yo, I'll see you later. Thank you. No problem. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Finger Space Podcast. Thanks for skating by, and don't forget to nosebonk that subscribe button and dark slide on over to our Discord server. This episode was produced by Finger Space Co. and hosted by Nostalgia FB. Big thanks to all guests and listeners.